Good morning, one and all. It is Pastor Paul up here at the home offices for Oaks Church. It's a beautiful Thursday morning. Let's see what date it is. It's October 6, 2022. So glad that you have joined us here for Romans Rewind. Just, I have to make note of this. And if you're listening to this on our podcast versus viewing it, then you are you are really going to be missing it. But I came up here this morning and someone has been so kind and gracious to put Thor's hammer as the protector of uh, Asengard right here. I guess this is the word of God. You don't believe how heavy this is, but my Thor-like strength is able to muster it. Seriously, thanks for whoever did this. Um, you have gone. You you snuck up here into the into the studio. And I'm going to forever have this by my side and let it not be a distraction, though. Anyway, so we're here, I guess, playing off the motif, bringing the word of God. We're in Romans chapter 13. Let me read the passage and let's dive in this morning. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval, for he is, doing, he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Last time, yesterday, Wednesday, we talked about why it is that we should obey the civil authorities, the government. And, and obviously there's, there's several reasons, uh, particularly the fact that, that the authorities are instituted by God. They are a God-given um, institution for us to protect us, to prov help provide, to provide a context for flourishing, et cetera, et cetera. But we, were, we honed in on this specific idea of avoiding God's wrath or not being liable to incur the judgment of God. That's part of the reason that we obey. And we talked about what that means. Um, you know, there, there is this sense of direct wrath that um, is being poured out upon all mankind. We call this an eschatological wrath. It's a final wrath. It's a direct wrath. But there's also this idea of a mediated indirect wrath, that is God's wrath or judgment carried out through um, his, his intermediaries of which the civil authorities are one. So what, what is the wrath in a temporal sense? Well, it's punishment by the law, it's imprisonment, it's fines, it's punishment. Um, we can't separate that, though, from the eschatological wrath of God. Um, because the way we in, the way we engage with authority uh, forms a template for the way that we engage the ultimate authority of God. But I want to hone in on a second thing Paul says here about why we should obey. Go back to verse five. 
Therefore, one must be in, set, in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, now here comes the second part, but also for the sake of conscience. Now this is interesting. Paul says, seems to be saying here, there's something external and internal that constrains the life of the believer. And, and it's not just for the believer, actually. This is going to be true for everyone. There's something external, which is authority, which is punishment, which is discipline, which is fines, imprisonment, capital punishment. But there's also something internal that constrains us, that presses us towards obedience and submission to the civil authorities. And Paul says, this, in fact, is the conscience. Now, one of the great things that I've learned from John Piper over the years, that if you want to really understand a word in its context, before you go looking to other parts of Scripture to see what the Bible says about conscience, which is perfectly legitimate and needs to be done, look first for where Paul talks about this in his current letter, because there's probably going to be a similar theme. And lo and behold, we, we find that in Romans chapter one. In fact, you could say that this whole chapter is about the conscience. And remember, Paul's talking here in Romans chapter one about the idea that God has revealed himself to everyone through creation. That's both to Christians and non-Christians. And that all people, by virtue of being made in the image of God, have been imprinted with a conscience, an innate sense of right and wrong, that somewhere deep in the recesses of everyone's mind, even if they want to deny it or say otherwise, there is a, there is a, a recognition that I do not ultimately answer to myself. I, I answer to someone else. Now, we as believers believe that that's certainly an echo of the creator God. Some people might put it in other terms who don't say they may not believe in God or don't follow God. It's, it's, it's my conscience is for the betterment of mankind, or my conscience is for uh, the betterment of myself. And those, and those are certainly true and applicable. But Paul makes it very clear um, that the conscience originates with God. So look at verse 19 of chapter 1. Paul says, and he's speaking about everyone, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Um, let's go down to verse 28. He says, and since they did not fit, see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up. Now, this idea of acknowledging God, having an understanding of God, these are all part of our imprint of our conscience by, be, by virtue of being made in the image of God. Um, let's, let's look at one more piece. Let's go down to Romans chapter 2. Um, and I'm going to try to, of course, I'm, not, I'm on live air here. I'm not going to be able to, to, oh, here we go. Yes, I'm not going to find it, but I did. Now, this is interesting. Verse 14 of chapter 2. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, and here we go, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. Both Christians and non-Christians have a conscience. And Paul says that this conscience is operative in our relationship to the civil authorities. 
that one of the reasons or that we obey the civil authorities as Christians is we know not only are they instituted by God, not only are they a part of God's um, discipline upon mankind and constraint, but also that we live our lives in relationship to God, that, that, that when we're submitting to the government, we're actually submitting to God, and that when we don't submit to the government, our conscience accuses us, that, that we're convicted of our sin. We know we are not walking in step with the truth of the gospel and God's law. And Paul says, for the sake of a clear conscience, follow the law. Now, um, I was confronted with this uh, many times, many times I've, I've failed on this number, but this past year, um, I made a mistake on our income taxes. We filed electronically, and after the fact, I um, realized I had made a mistake that was to our favor, right? In other words, if I had not made this mistake, it would have cost us more money. And so I asked our, our trusted CPA, um, fully expecting him to say, oh, don't worry about that. And that's not a big deal. Just let that, let that go. But in fact, he said, no, you ought, you ought to go back in and correct that income tax form and refile and pay what you owe, the difference. And as I contemplated that, there was a realization that if I didn't do that, the high likelihood is that no one would know. Um, no one would probably care. But what ultimately compelled me was this idea that, but God knows, and my conscience knows, and my conscience bears witness to God. This is why we can never separate the conscience from God. There's lots of reasons to obey our conscience, right? We don't want to feel guilty. We don't want to feel burdened. We don't want to be weighed down. And, and that's certainly a part of it. But, but the reason all those things are important is not because of just their impact on us. It's, it's because of their impact upon God and our relationship with God. And so as to not have our relationship with God um, hindered, we obey the civil authorities. It's kind of like when Paul tells husbands, live with your wives in a wise and understanding way so that your prayers are not hindered. There's this idea if we're walking in relationship to our spouses in a way that hinders them, that is unkind, not, you know, yes, we're violating a provision um, of marriage, but we're also bringing in an obstacle to our fellowship with God as we're violating our conscience. And so this is what Paul's talking about here. For the sake of conscience, obey the law. This is even true for unbelievers. They may not know the origins of their conscience or want to acknowledge it, but even for them, I mean, this is why you can think of non-Christians feeling guilt about different things that they have done. And it's such a great opportunity, right? To not make this ultimately about obeying the authorities, although that's important, it's about obeying God and pointing people to the vertical realities and not just the horizontal one. So as Christians, we need to understand both things are at play um, in our relationship to the laws of the land. All right, so that's for today. Tomorrow, Friday, I'm going to forecast where we are going to go um, in the sermon this coming Sunday as we think about 
how this applies in areas that God has said to do one thing and the civil government has said to do another. So um, we're going to point the way tomorrow as we get ready to unpack that this Sunday. Let me pray. Lord, we do want to have a clear conscience. We do want to serve in a, with a clear conscience. And we want to do that because ultimately um, our conscience is tied to you. And everything we do is an act of worship. And so, Lord, help us, guide us, direct us, empower us, that we might see all aspects of our lives, even our tax paying, even our relationship to the government civil authorities as part of our spiritual act of worship. Lord, we ask these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.